Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mindset Move, the podcast where we help you to quiet the noise and focus on taking your first step. All right. Hey, thank you guys for joining us for the very first episode of the Mindset Move podcast. This is the first time that I'm doing this. I'm very, very new at this, so chances are I'm probably going to screw it up. But you know what? Hopefully you guys uh, will give me a little bit of grace on that. (laughs) Uh, My name is Juan Morales, and I am here with my co-host, Mr. Matt Wade. What's up, everybody? Very cool. So we want to talk a little bit about why we wanted, why I wanted to do this podcast. This is a, a long time. This is a, I guess you could say one of those things where they say, um, this is an overnight success, 30 years in the making kind of deal. Yeah, sure. It's, sure. It's not necessarily a success because nobody's heard it yet at this point, but it is a success in the fact that I am moving at this point, but it's been probably about 10 years in the making. Well, not, I don't know if podcasts even been around 10 years. But. No, but the idea of doing something where we help people move their life forward is right. definitely a passion of yours and of mine, of course. So, right. yeah. Uh, awesome. So the idea behind this is we, a lot of times, there's something that we want to do. There's something we want to get done. There's something we want to put out into the world. Maybe we feel like we're called to something. And we just don't move. You know, we don't do anything with it. Sure. Like it's, it's an idea. It's a concept. It's a dream. And, you know, we talk about it. And, and, and in my case, a lot of times I talk about it like it's happening tomorrow. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then, you know, two years down the road, you know, they're like, hey, whatever happened with that? And I'm like, mm, yeah, it's, it's still coming. Yeah, it's, it's there. It's where we're working. We're working or for on me, it. well, that was a great idea, but yeah, that was a lazy year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not great. Yeah. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're, you know, whatever, a visionary. Right. Laziness just doesn't help you. <laughs> it's just not good. It's like it's the end of 2019. 2020 is my year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a new decade. I'll start then. <laughs> That's funny. That's good stuff. We were waiting on the new millennium. That's yeah, what it was. That's yeah. what it was. That was. Can you believe we're, tw- we're 20 years into the into the 2000s. Isn't it nuts? nuts? You know, my, my son, Carson, will say, hey, Dad, when were you born? I go in the late 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> and it's shocking because he doesn't, it doesn't register. Of course, to me, I go, wow, that does sound a lot older than what it really is. We were born in the 1900s. Late, but nonetheless. Yeah, in the late 1900s. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, funny stuff. It's like, how old are you, Dad? Yeah, for real. So, you know, we, we got into this thing, and when you called me, we had this brief conversation that, well, we, I thought it was going to be brief, which, because generally our conversations are, hey, man, how you doing? Good to catch up, those right. type of things. But we have almost a 20-year history of friendship, uh, close to that maybe, 15 yeah. years? Uh, I was 19. I think I just turned 19 when I met you guys. And you're at, 43 at, now? I'm just yeah. joking, no. <laughs> I am 36 now. 36. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I don't do math that well. Yeah. So no. 15 years. Yeah. We'll go 15. Like 17. Uh, 17. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, again, I'm not a math guy, you know. Give me a Greek word and we're good. Yeah. Math, no, 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 no. No bueno. No bueno is Russian for no good. Yeah, it's Russian. Russian, yeah. No bueno, see? Their mind's rushing a little bit ahead of... That's funny. Yeah, that's right. Uh, But so we had this conversation and it was, you know, we want to do this podcast. And I said, man, I I think you should do it. I've got the equipment. And then you kind of said... Well, I want you to do it with me. And I thought, man, I, there's no way I would say no because it's so much fun right. to be able to be kind of a guide for people. 
not that we have all the answers, but man, discovering the answers along the way. And that's kind of the idea. So our why behind this is just say, you know what? We're going to mind. We're going to get our mind right. We're going to get it set. And then we're going to move regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the things in front of us. This is what we have to do. You know, it's amazing. I don't know if you're familiar with Don, Donald Miller. From oh, very Branch. Yeah, I love it. You know, he has this he has this um, this saying where he says you should be the guide in the story, not the hero. That's correct. And so I think for me, the the, the goal at this point in my life is I want to be the guide. Yeah, for the yeah. heroes. I That's want, why I brought the word up, by the way, for Donald Miller. Oh, really? You brought okay. it. Yeah, of course. Because there's a lot of great people out there that have a lot of great visions. I have a lot of conversations with people all across the country and in man, some of the visions they have and the way their eyes light up is amazing. The problem is we don't do anything with it. And whether that be for any number of reasons, but the goal is to get people moving. Yeah. Yeah. And so that day when I called you, I was sitting there, I was sitting in my hotel room. I was actually thinking about this, this, this mindset move idea that kept coming back to my head and actually started out as mindset go. It was kind of a play on Get ready, ready set, get go. set, sure, go. Yeah, sure. but now, for whatever reason, every time I go to say it, it comes out move instead right, of go. Right. So I feel maybe it's the Holy Spirit trying to tell me, go with yeah, move, Yeah, of course. Buddy. Go come move, come yeah. on, how many times I got to put that in sure, my mouth just, sure. just to go with move? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the amazing thing is, is I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know the, I didn't know you had the equipment. You had, that's fun. That's the funny part. You had no idea. My wife and I were launching a podcast. Right. You had no idea that we had invested several thousand dollars in podcasting equipment. And we pray to God it sounds like it since we've just said that. <laughs> somebody's, <laughs> go, somebody's listening like, really? You I thought this was on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, your iPhone would have sounded better. No, yeah, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, you had no idea. And I go, well, by the way, yeah. then from there, we just move on. And that, so, yeah, that was fun. So... It's just the amazing when you finally start to move how things, and you hear it all the time when you see people who are successful in any field, they just started moving. That's right. And uh, there was a there was a story, and I can't remember. It's the it's, she is the CEO of uh, what is the word? Uh, Auntie Anne's, I think pretzels or something like that. That's a great place. To or eat. Cinnabon, Cinnabon, Cinnabon. That's what it is. And That's so, a better place to eat. She actually used to work uh, for Hooters, and I cannot remember for the life of me her name, but it, in, in the interview that she was giving, she was talking about how she just did the next right thing. The next right thing. The next course. right thing. And so her whole life was a series. Everybody's looking at where she's at today and thinking that she is this incredibly successful person or that she started out on a path deciding, hey, I'm going to start here and here's when I, where I'm going to end up. When sure. in reality, that's not what happened at all. It was more of she just kept doing the next right thing and Correct. it just led down that path. And so for me, this is the next right thing. This is something I've wanted to do. So the next right thing was to stop keeping it to myself, let it out. I let it out. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I want you to be a part of it. And you're like, by the way, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And you know, the, the, the thing is, I'm going to confess something about myself that definitely is not who I am now, which is much better to talk about <laughs> when you're past <laughs> what you used to right. be. <clears throat> but being in the nonprofit world, uh, I'm a, you know, public speaker, uh, entrepreneur, obviously podcast person, whatever. And but being in this world, a lot of times we will launch things and initiate things for completely selfish reasons. Right. 
And for years of my life, if I did something, it was to better serve me. Uh, I didn't realize that. I really had convinced myself and lied to myself that this was for the betterment of everybody else because I thought, if I am in their life, right. then this is for their betterment, <clears throat> which is turned out to be just not true <laughs> in a lot of ways. But, you know, when we started talking about the why behind this, it was obvious the the, the best thing for us to do is, and the, the reason I say this is, you know it's not out of selfish ambition when you keep pulling yourself back Right. Coming up with every reason not to do it. But there's that drive in you to go, no, we have to do this. Why? Because we just want to be able to help people. Right. There's nothing else to it. There's no monetization to this. There's no paycheck attached to this. It's one of those things that you go kind of like what we do on Sundays. If as me being a pastor. Although, a, hey, full disclosure, if anybody out there decides is listening to this and they decide, hey, I want to send them a check. We're not going to turn that away. (laughs) 100 (laughs) South Mulberry Street, (laughs) Dixon, Tennessee, 37055, Office Space 205. So we'll just keep, we'll push that right along. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things that we wake up on Sundays, not because we're paid, because technically we're not. Um, We do this because it's our life's mission and our goal. And the same thing here, we do this because it's a passion. And ultimately, the why, the why behind it, as Simon Sinek would teach us, the why has to be the driving force. Right. It has to be the driving force. So, uh, you know, why we're doing this? Because, again, Donald Miller has helped us with this, with the story brand, um, and uh, really locking in the, you know, the whole guide idea of this. of so just trying right. to help people along. Maybe we have some advice. Maybe we don't but we're all on this self-discovery of what's next. Absolutely. And, and here's the other side of it is value, right? We want to add value to the people that are listening. Yeah. To those of you who are thinking about trying something, starting something, you've, maybe you've already started and you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm out here, I'm terrified and maybe we can offer something. But, you know, one of my favorite speakers was uh, the late Jim Rohn phenomenal speaker guy had a very peculiar way of talking yes he did and um one of the things he talks about Can you he talks about peculiar way yeah that's good stuff <laughs> but i don't even know that that's what he sounds like for all of you who listen to jim Rohn, you're I'm going sorry, i'm sorry i just butchered the way he sounded <laughs> yeah it's funny stuff it's like that has nothing to, that but, has nothing to do with him yeah you know value is what he what he talked about he's like you know when you go to work you go to a job you're not going you're not getting paid for your time. You're not getting paid for the hour that you're That's working. Right. You're getting paid for the value that you bring in that hour. That's correct. And so he's, you know, he talks about don't seek to be, you know, promoted. Don't seek to be better paid. Seek to bring value mm. to the marketplace. Become irreplaceable. And so that's kind of where, like, I feel like there's value in some of the things that we've got, we're going to be getting into. And so today, like, we, uh, one of the biggest things we want to talk about are why we failed to move. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll start with myself. Okay. There's a lot of things that, that have caused me to fail to move for, for instance, this podcast, I've wanted to do this for a very long time yet. <laughs> Here we are just sure. now kind of getting started. And part of the reason was fear, right? It's fear of embarrassment, fear of, of, you know, we don't have the money. We don't have the resources. Totally uh, inadequate you know, to do it. Right. I mean, who are we? Who, who are, are we? You? Yeah. Who you am know? I? Who am I to be doing this? Yeah, Why should anybody listening to me 
what have I accomplished in, in my life? And so there's actually another guy, uh, Les Brown, talks oh, about this. Man, what know, a guy. Phenomenal speaker. And he actually talks about how for years he wanted to be doing what he's doing now. And he actually had convinced himself like, hey, I'm, I didn't go to college. Sure. You know, I didn't finish high school. I didn't, I haven't, I haven't accomplished anything. Who am I? And so to think about the scale that he's on right now and where he's at, Versus the fact that he ever was in a place where he thought that of, of himself course. is mind blowing. And so it's a, you almost kind of get to this place of like, what's my excuse? Mm, really, mm. when you break it down, what's my real excuse yeah, for course. not wanting to do this? Yeah, you know, and it's it, maybe it's a little cliche for us to start with the word fear. But my gosh, it's, it's the reality of every person's life. Right. You know, it's like, well, of course it's fear. Well, yeah, but if we don't address that thing. Uh, this every person period ever has ever breathed. We all have that one thing in common. If we don't have a lot of things in common, fear is something we all have in common. And, and so that's when we begin to think, you know, what are, what, what are some things that stop us from moving? Fear has to be the number one thing. It has to be right. the number one thing. But now one thing about fear is that it can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. Do you want to, let's, let's get into that a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So here, here's a, here's a little, another little story. I, lo I love stories. I love talking about things that I've seen and I, I like piecing things together. And Are you I don't know, talk about the Batman story. Yes. I got to talk yeah. about the Batman. Yeah, I have no experience here. So all right. Out. So for all of you out there who have ever watched Batman, I know everybody's got their favorite version of who the best Batman is, but for me, it's Christian Bale. Um, so in the, one of the last, um, movies where he's doing the, the, we, he's fighting against Bane, Bane puts him in this prison and he's trying to get out of it. And the, in this, the, they, they got him in this prison where it's just this gigantic hole. Okay. And there's this, there's these columns that are sticking out that they that people can climb up to and they jump from one to another. And then there's this one that's just spaced out from the rest of them. And there's, it's a, it's just a jump. You got to jump to it. You got to catch it. You got to pull yourself up and then you can finally climb out yeah. of this pit. Right. And so in this, he's done, he's doing this. He makes this attempt a couple of times, but he's making the attempt because someone has told him a story about how there was a child who had made this jump. Mm. And so thinking, okay, if a child did it, I'm Batman, I can get out of this thing. Sure. But he's got this safety rope that he ties around his waist and he makes the jump twice, twice. He fails, falls all the way back down. And he's frustrated, and there's an old gentleman that's in there, and he makes this statement. He says, you don't fear anything. You don't fear death. He says, and that may, you think this makes you strong, but it makes you weak. Mm. He's like, fear is useful, because if you don't fear death, how can you move faster than the other guy? How can you jump farther than you would any otherwise? How well, can you run faster? And so fear can be useful. Sure in so many ways. And he encourages him to make the jump without the rope. That's incredible. <laughs> and so, because it, he had no fear. And if you have the rope, sometimes you have that extra security. You don't have the right kind of fear. Sure, of it's, course. A, it's an unhealthy fear. It's, it becomes more of a debilitating fear because it, it almost, here's the worst part about that, right? Is it psychs you into believing that you are moving and actually taking action and you're actually holding yourself back. So it fe it feeds pride. Right. It's this idea. <clears throat> it's faux confidence. Right. And it, it also, it, it, what it ends up doing is it feeds an entitlement. Oh, man. Oh, we'll get into that in a minute because we oh, got yeah. some stuff on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it does. And it's this idea that if I, if I have a safety net under me at all times, mm -hmm. I have this false sense of accomplishment. 
Right. Look what I did. Well, not really. You just fell into the net and you kept getting up, which we applaud keep getting up. But if, if I'm not moving up further, like in this situation, again, you have to forgive me. I'm totally blanked on the Batman reference. <laughs> I, I don't watch action movies. I'm more of a notebook kind of guy. And right. That's so sick. Like the notebook? The, the, like- the movie, the notebook. If I'm a, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Oh, wow. I know that's disgusting. I get it. Uh, so the Batman thing is like totally foreign to me, but I love the analogy. So thank you for taking me into a world that I've never experienced. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, and by the way, I do believe I have seen that scene, even if it's have just you? like okay. on YouTube or something. I don't know because I see it's like a harness around his waist and he falls and he, it really shakes his whole body when he hits. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know does. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, so the fear now becomes because the idea was take the belt off, take the safety net out from under you, take the safety harness or whatever it was. And then he makes it, of course. Right. Uh, I think so. I didn't see that part of the movie. <laughs> but no, the idea is he gets out of there because no, he totally fear, falls to his death and the movie ends right there. Yeah. Really terrible movie. Really terrible way to end it. No. So he gets out of the pit uh, because fear motivated him to work harder, to go further. So fear, uh, one person said fear is faith in the opposite direction. Well, I appreciate Ooh, that. It is like great, it, yeah. but like you're saying, there is a healthy fear. I mean, even if we want to talk about this in a um, Judeo-Christian worldview, the fear of God is a good thing, but fearing God is not. Right. It's it's a, it's still yeah. a different way of looking at it. The fear of God is a good thing, but fearing God is not because we can approach God, but we right. don't have to be afraid of God, but there's a fear, a holy respect. Well, there's a holy respect in the sense of moving forward. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I just came up with that. So, yeah. So, um, now one of the statements that you make that I think is so stinking powerful, and we're talking about fear still, okay. uh, is it takes two times as much space, uh, two times as much space is given to fear-driven thinking. Now, that's that's wild. Two times as much space is given to fear-driven thinking. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And so here, here's the important thing is I would love to take credit and say I came up with that, but I, I, I really didn't. I actually heard that from Chris Voss. Oh, um, he, was a, he was an ex-FBI negotiator, yeah. and he's talking about some of the strategies that they use for talking people you know, out of some of these really scary situations. Yeah. But the comment that he makes is that there's twice as much space given to fear-driven thinking. You are more likely to take action to avoid a loss than you are to achieve a gain. Say it and again. You are more likely... To, you're twice as likely to take action to avoid a loss than you are to achieve a gain. And so the idea is that if, if that much of our mind is being consumed by fear-driven thinking, then we have to deal with the fear. Mm. And the way that we deal with the fear is we have to actually address it. We have to look at what is, what is causing us to stumble, what is causing us to be afraid. Is it excuses? Is it the entitlement thing that we mentioned earlier? Is it, what is it? So for me, it's been a fear of failure. It's been a fear of incompetency. It's been a fear of embarrassment because, you know, it's, you know, even earlier when we were working on recording our, our little intro, you know, that's, it's out of my comfort zone. That's not something that I just naturally do. Sure. And because it doesn't feel natural, I don't want to do it. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. I have to force myself to kind of push through those nerves, push through those fears, because here's the other side of it is there's this worry, right? That I'm going to put this out there. And people are going to laugh at it. They're sure. Going to make fun or of it. Nobody's going to give a rip. Right. And about nobody's what we're doing. Yeah. They're not going to care. They're going to make fun of it. They're not going to, they're going to laugh at it. They're not going to understand it. Sure. But here's, here's what 
pushes me in another direction. And this is going back to Jim Rohn again, is he tells a story. He's like, this is from his perspective. He's like the day the Christian church was started. He says, it says there were about 5,000 people in yeah, attendance. Yeah. He's like, that's a pretty awesome number. He's like, you know, it's a mega church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, and you know, he's like, so this speech is given and there's a variety of reactions to the same speech. He's like, you know, everybody's listening to the same speech, the same words, same everything. He's like, but there were a variety of, of reactions to the speech. He says, said some mocked and laughed. He said, some uh, didn't understand what was going on. He said, some, that some that were there believed he's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, at the end of the day, I, I believe that the speaker was speaking directly to those people who believe. And so that kind of in my mind solidified that, Hey, what I'm offering is genuine, but it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. You know, no. it's that, it's that old saying of, you know, you can lead a, what is it? Lead a horse to, to water, water, but you can't, you can't make, make a drink. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I've wanted to do. Now here was another intro. I, so I'm, I'm on a plane. I'm getting ready to head to a plane. I'm in Dallas. I'm, I'm getting on a bus from the rental car place to the airport. And the bus driver is this, this amazing guy. You know, he's in there. He's fr- singing Frank Sinatra. So he's cool. got music playing. It's like, now mind you, it's like 530 in the morning, right? And so for whatever reason, I thought the airport was going to be really slow, but it was packed. And so mm. this bus is packed full of people. And I really got to see this live if, if that makes sense so i'm i'm listening to this guy and now i'm very appreciative of the fact that he's doing this like i because I, I always love to hear people sing i love to hear people like live music now he's singing along with the radio but i mean he's he's all into it and then he's sure. driving this bus and i mean you can just tell that he's he enjoying what he's doing right yeah, now of course and so i start watching the, the rest of the people on the bus. And, you know, you see some people are very much like I am. They're really enjoying what he's doing. And then I see a couple of people over there snickering and joking about, you know, you know, what he thinks he's doing. And like, and then you saw some other people just seem totally confused by the fact that some guy would be randomly singing. Sure. You know, with them and the like, almost like that he should have been more embarrassed by the fact that he was doing this. <laughs> but the one thing that I, that I was really moved by that he did not notice any of us. Oh, wow. He wasn't concerned about whether I appreciated it. He wasn't concerned about the guys. Whether somebody was annoyed at it. Whether somebody was annoyed. He wasn't worried about, he wasn't worried about any of that. He was doing what was in him to do. And that was enough. And it was making an impact to the people that it needed to make an impact. Right. Like here I am, you know, what, a week later telling this story. Of course, about a bus driver. And he has no idea. That's amazing. Like I, I'm just gonna, I just need to sit for ten seconds. Yeah. Pause for station identification. Right. I mean, right. this is one of those pause and think moments of. We don't think a bus driver singing is a big deal until you're talking about it on a podcast a week later and go. Look at the responses, look at the impact, only because he was, in his lane, doing his thing, not concerned about anything else. That's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. He, wow, what a lesson. Yeah. So let's get into the rest of this thing. So, well, now oh, about fear. No, no, I, I want to make one statement that I've got that just something that Peter Scherzo said. There's a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Okay. Phenomenal book for anybody. It's not just for um, believers, non believers. You know, obviously there's an overtone or an undertone, whatever, to the podcast of our faith 
and those type of things. It's not overtly, you know, we're not just going to start preaching the gospel here. <laughs> At the same time, we might. I don't know. We don't know yet. This is a brand new podcast. But Peter says this. When we're talking about fear, right? We're talking about the uncomfortability, the uncomfortable. You get the word I'm trying to right. say. <laughs> <laughs> the uncomfortable ability of uh, fear and those things. He says the pain of where we are must outweigh the fear of where we are if something's going to change. So the idea is fear holds us back, but there's something that will push us over, and it's the pain of where we are. And I think until you and I, until anybody listening, until the pain of mediocrity is worse than the fear of complacency, or the worse of the right. fear, rather, of moving forward. Until the pain of mediocrity <clears throat> is worse than the fear of what others are going to think, you'll stay exactly where you are. That pain has to be worse in our hearts than the fear in our heads. Right, and so it, it kind of leads in. So I, I, I kind of look at it this way. Is going back to this idea that there is more brain power being used towards fear giving thinking. Oh yes. And so going back to Chris Voss again is one of the things that he talks about was this idea of, you know, I mentioned that we're more likely to take action to avoid a loss than we are to achieve a gain. And so with that statement that you just made in mind, this idea that the loss of what's inside of us, because here's the thing, we have this kind of fire. We have this, this dream, like that dream eventually is going to go away if we don't do something with it. That is true. Right? It's, it's it, like the fire so slowly, so it's, it's becomes more of a dull feeling that kind of moves to the background. And you spend, and so you have these, yeah, so the idea is I have to be, you have to be able to point out the loss. Like you're there, you could potentially lose that. You lose the opportunity, you lose, and I'm trying to gain all of my thoughts here. Is, well, let me interject while right, you're thinking about it, because Leonard Ravenhill, one of the most famous statements Leonard said is that the lifetime of the opportunity must be seized. Oh, excuse me. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Oh, that's good. Say that again. That's, that's awesome. Who is that again? Leonard Ravenhill, one of the greatest preachers, revivalists the world's ever known. Right. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Another way I, I would say it, I mean, there's no better saying it than that right there, so let's be very clear. I'm not right. trying to one-up Mr. Ravenhill here, uh, is that uh, revelation has an expiration. Wow. So I may have a dream, a revelation of something that I need to do with my life, but there's an expiration date on that. Yeah. Now, does it mean 30 years down the road I can't revisit that, but the, the momentum, the favor, the doors, the opportunity, the finances, the resources, the people. There was a specific window right. that that stuff was available to me for it to be, quote unquote, easy or at least easier right. to move into it. It's like for you, this podcast immediately became easy because of the resources someone else had. Right. You didn't have to labor for any of it. Makes no sense. But if five years down the road... We said, we're not podcasting anymore. All this is sold. Now we got to start from the ground up again. We got to start from our phones. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Which again, this may sound like we did. I don't know yet. The point being is there was an, a window and you moved in the time that window was available. And that is huge for our lives. 
Absolutely. So we've talked about fear. We've unpacked a lot of that. What about this next part, though? Because the fear makes us come up with a lot of what? Excuses. Lots of excuses. Lots of excuses. And so, you know, again, going back to this, so a number of years ago, I wanted to start a little program for kids. I called it uh, Fitness Friends. And this little program, I was uh, the, the whole idea was we were going to be going to schools and we were going to provide these little fitness programs, you know, gymnastics, sports, tumbling, kind of all incorporated to a little exercise yeah. type program for kids. And at the time, I really had a, I, at the time, I really had a big drive for this. Yeah, yeah. And there was a friend of mine that was like, hey, we're going to, we're going to do this. You know, if you want to do this, like, hey, I've got the resources, I've got the money. If you want to do this, you know, just say the word and I'll provide it. And so that was the plan, right? And now, like, I was like, immediately was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And so I started making my plans. I started going through this whole process and then the resources just never really came in at the time that I, the, I had the motivation to really push this thing through, sure. at least in my mind. Right. And so when the finite, when the resources finally did come in, you know, I had already kind of moved on in my head to something else, but I still kind of pushed through. And in reality, I really should have made something out of that. Like I had, the ability to push that through. I had the ability to make that happen and it just didn't happen. And in my head, I made an excuse about timing, about resources, about how it was somebody else that didn't come through with their part on it in a timely manner, which threw my timing off and all of this stuff kind of. And so after a little while, it just, it, it, it failed. It didn't yeah, succeed. Yeah. And so I didn't take enough responsibility for that not working out. And those were excuses that I was making. Or, or even like with this podcast is, okay, I really want to do this podcast, but I don't know. How to, I don't know anything about podcasts. Oh, sure. I don't know anything about, you know, uh, teaching people how to move. I mean, heck, I'm not even moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? On this podcast. Yeah, I'm not yeah, even moving on the podcast, but yet I want a podcast about getting people to move. So it's the good news is, is you I have. have. Yeah, I you have, have now. Obviously, yeah. And the reason was, is I, rec I had to first recognize that it was an excuse that I was making then almost take a leap of faith and just tell somebody else about it. And that's where the phone call to you yeah, came in yeah. was, Hey, I just got to get it out and let's see where we go with this. Yeah, of course. You know, excuses, um, excuses, excuse you from destiny. Oh, that's wild. Excuses, excuse you from destiny. And so the more excuses we make, the more opportunities we say to our destiny, you're not worthy of me fulfilling you. That's wild. That's wild. So you guys have started a church here recently. Uh, well, recently, it's been almost a year now. It's been going 10 really, months now. Yeah. Really, really well. What were some of the excuses you guys told yourselves? Before oh, well, number, number one, our marriage fell apart six years ago. Wow. The number one excuse was nobody's going to trust us. I mean, See, the thing, the truth is this, you can have 10 wins and one failure. People will remember your failure and forget about your wins. That's so true. As uh, I actually had a boss who used to tell me that all the time. He's like, you know, people don't really remember how you start. They remember how you finish. That's right. Remember how you finish. And when we stepped down from ministry from a church, a, a worldwide known church, it wasn't, it wasn't a small thing. Right. Now, our location was not worldwide, but I'm talking about the name, the brand. Right. Um, 
our marriage issues affected a lot of people, and it hurt a lot of people. And we, we take full responsibility. I take full responsibility for that. The issue is, is that when you try to move forward, you see, now I'm going to go all, let me go all pastoral here <laughs> if that's okay. Uh, go for it. Your enemies, do ne- your enemies never want an apology. They want you to give up. Wow. Say that again. That, that's powerful. Yeah. Your enemies. I'm not talking about people that you, I'm not, I'm not talking about people that you're just not friends with anymore. Right. I'm talking about people that are against you. An apology is never good enough for your enemy. They want you to fail. Wow. This is why Jesus would say, I come to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Hmm. You see, we don't want the enemy to be around because it's embarrassing. It's tension. Right. But you cannot have a table prepared without the proximity of an enemy. That's amazing. You know, and think about, think about it this way. And it's, it's now that you're kind of putting it in those terms, maybe it's not even just an enemy. Maybe it's somebody who's watched you fail already. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're thinking about what you say, okay, I don't want the enemy to be present, but I also don't want the people who see me fail to be present as well, because it, it, it creates another tension. It does. Of they already know that I'm not capable. That's or correct. They're thinking that I'm not capable. Or they're thinking, hey, this is going to be just like the last time or like just like everything else he's ever done. And so you kind of back off. You because do. Because they're present. Well, let me put it in these terms. The enemy, your enemy which is also the one between your own ears, the greatest (laughs) enemy of your life, your brain, or the people that have seen you fail can only encounter you where they last encountered you. Wow. So if they encountered you in failure, they can't see anything past the last time they encountered you. That's amazing. They hold you prisoner to who they think you still are. Well, I don't think it's just them. It's you. Oh, man. Yeah, listen. You asked me what was yeah, some of our excuses. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. immediately said our marriage failed. Yep. Now, our marriage is healed, and we're like, you know, she can't keep her hands off of me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, you know, that was one of our excuses. The other one was we have no money. Right. I mean— Zero. In fact, in fact, we'd almost lost our home. We lost an automobile and we almost lost our sanity. Wow. <laughs> and you can't pay for that <laughs> yeah. unless you've got a great therapist. <laughs> and when you're broke, you don't have a good therapist. You know, it's um, so we had everything against us with this. So if you don't mind me sharing real no, quick, no, no, I'll, go for it. I'll, go for you it. Know, well, and here, here's, here's the idea. And for all of you guys that, who are listening, who have, who have blessed us by taking the time to actually listen to this, is this is a way for you to kind of get to know us, kind of get to know our hearts, get to know kind of why we're here, why we're, we've chosen to start this podcast in the first place. So by all means, go ahead. Well, yeah, pain fuels your passion. Right. You know, if, if you have a real passion, it's probably born out of pain. Real leadership is through the fire of pain. Right. You know, again, going all pastoral here, when Jesus said, or when John said, there's one coming to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and in fire. Right. Fire is not passion. 
<laughs> fire is painful. <laughs> and if you're going to be powerful, you've got to go through the fire. Right. You have to be burned. Uh, the, the, the bad mess has to be burned out. But the bad mess is burned out through my own decisions, through a lack of decision, through unwise decisions. There's always a decision involved in everything. And I, I tell our leadership team all the time, you're one decision away from moving to the next level in your leadership. You're one hard conversation away from moving to the next level of your life. Um, so for us, it was, you know, again, I, don't, I hate to pull it back to the excuses, but man, we made a ton of them, yeah. particularly my wife, because, and I, I mean, this is conversations we've had public. I'm not throwing my wife under the bus. She, she <laughs> yeah, would, I was going to say, I was like, you she, she's made a bunch of them. Yeah, man, let me Honestly. tell you, if it wasn't for that woman, I'd have a great ministry. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, she, she and I both made a lot of excuses. And one of the excuses she made was basically 15 years ago, we did the same thing. You were involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. And that didn't go well. Yeah. We thought it did for a while. And we learned a lot. I learned what I would never do again. That's what <laughs> yeah. I learned. And my wife also learned that she will never do this again. Oh, in 15 wow. years, we find ourselves sitting on a front porch. My wife had prayed some kind of stupid prayers of, when I say stupid, I mean yeah. like outlandish stuff. And one of the prayers was simply this, God, if you really want us to do this, which is so funny how we negotiate with the Almighty. Right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like, we think we came up with this if negotiation. If you really want me to do this. If you really want me, it's like, I'm sovereign. I could really make you do whatever I want to. Thank God for free will, though. Right. But, you know, she prayed a simple prayer of, God, if you really want us to do this church thing, somebody's got to buy us some chairs. Well, what a <laughs> stupid thing to pray, right? I mean, chairs? Chairs? How really? about God give us a million dollars? Let's pray that kind of prayer. But it was buy, simple. Buy us a building. Buy Get us, us a equipment. building. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you that's know, the way it goes. Bring some people. I mean, Lord, if you want us to start a church, give us 100 people. Yeah. Now, she wants chairs. Come on, Amber. <laughs> right? But but that was those were, but here's the thing. That was so specific. Right. For her, this is a very, it's a prayer of, of speci, uh, specificity. Specific, specificity, yes. Thank you for that interpretation. You're welcome. And uh, the next morning, if I'm lying, I'm dying. We're sitting on our front porch with friends, and he goes, you know what? If you guys will start this church, I'll buy your chairs. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I had yes. no idea. That's that's the conversation. We had no—Amber looks at me and goes, well, forget it. We'll just do it. <laughs> he didn't know why she was saying that. It's because she that's had prayed funny. the day before. She said, okay, I'm going to ask God to give us chairs. I said, okay, <laughs> we're going to mess around, and we're going to end up with chairs. That's funny. The next morning, we're sitting on that uh, porch in Waverly, Tennessee— with some friends having coffee. And they're offering to buy your chairs. By the way, they never the had to buy them. Really? They ended up being donated. Wow. So don't get me going there. Uh, that's amazing. It's amazing. And it was 100 chairs. And then on opening day of the church, 300 people showed up. And we had no idea what to do. <laughs> we had no clue. We st we're still struggling through that. One. But no, but the excuses were made galore. Wow. Yeah. And I want to tell you, I don't have a problem communicating. Okay. That is a gifting of mine. Right. What I have a problem with is trusting my ability to lead a team. But what we found along the way is, and one of our staff values, you can see it right here in the office here, mm -hmm. is we fail forward. Right. We fail forward. We, we literally, the other day in staff meeting, one of our team members said, you know, I failed this week. And I said, stop everybody right there. I said, everybody, let's applaud. We started clapping for her because of her failure. And she almost started crying. 
And I said, it's a new culture, isn't it? I said, now, when we will not clap is when we repeat this failure consistently. Right. Because that's failing backwards. Who is it? Um, what is the name of the lady that, that started Spanx? It created Spanx. I feel like it's Blake something. Well, I've only worn them once, or so I don't something. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just noticed your your shirt looked a little smaller. Yeah, it's a little tighter today. Yeah, it's because I got something. One of those. No, she made. A, she used to tell. She told a story about how her parents used to ask her. Her father used to ask her when they were sitting at the table, "What did you fail at this week?" Mm. Like the goal was to get them to focus. Failure is inevitable. You're going to fail oh, at yeah. everything. And so the idea of failing forward, the idea of failing at all, the fear of failing is like, it's going to happen. Yeah. You just have to get used to it. And so I, I think about when I first got into sales, I, you know, my boss used to tell me, hey, you're going to get X amount of no's before you get a yes. Oh, of course. That's just the process. 10 no's to one yeah, yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you think if you're the best communicator in the world. Doesn't matter. You're going to get X amount of no's right. before you get a yes. So it's it's part of it. And yet you could con almost concede that every one of those no's was a failure, but it wasn't. It was, it was, we were failing forward. We were focused forward. It's a direction. It's a motion. Yes, it is. We are going in that way. Whether we fail or not, we're still moving in that same, in That's that right correct. direction, right? So long as we take the no as fuel. Right. Yeah. Now let's go back real quick because you started to say something about the person who and you said the dad sat her down at the kitchen table and ask her what she failed at this week. Right. And so the idea is if we can do that with our teams within our organizations and celebrate that rather than go, but why? I gave yeah. you every resource you needed. Absolutely. Well, the truth is every person is probably begin given resources at some point in their life where they've totally blown it. Absolutely. But it's how, and, and so more than once. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so again, I, I know we're, we're rabbit trailing a little bit, but that's the joy of a podcast. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's whatever's on our hearts. You know, we have an outline right. of course, but we're just getting this to you the best that we can on our first one. Um, so yeah, we made a lot of excuses, but now we're seeing in just 10 months, major success in the terms of the church world. You know, get, get me wrong here. We know what that means. If you're in the church world, if you don't, don't worry about it. It's not that important. Uh, we treat it way more important than it is sometimes. Right. But uh, yeah, so the excuses was our enemies. It was, and, and, and let me say something about, something about enemies just for the sake of, there is rarely an enemy in your life that you did not help create. That's that very true. Very, See, very true. we always want to act like our enemies just showed up one day. Well, you got haters. You created the hater. <laughs> you created that. Right. Let, let's be honest here. There's, there's no, and in fact, I'll go as far as say this about my life. I have never had an enemy I didn't create. That, not, yep. I mean, not once. Now, I, I'm not talking about people who envy you. Right. I'm not talking about people who covet what you have. That's not an enemy. An enemy is somebody who wants blood. Right. An enemy is somebody who hates you for what you have done to them. Every per, every enemy I have, which is not many, thank God. Um. <laughs> I've created that enemy and I have to take personal responsibility for that enemy. Yeah. And if I do not, I will continue, hear me, I will continue making more enemies and blaming everybody else for it. Right. And I'm going to tell you where that comes out of. It's a sense of entitlement. Yep. Which is leading us right into our next, um, our next, I guess our point to this. And I love how it, it spells a word here. It's a fee. It's a fee. It's a fee. It's a fear fee. -E. Yeah. It's, there's a fee to not moving forward. There's a fee to not saying, 
to just sitting where you are and saying, I'm going to stay here because of fear, because of excuses, entitlement. You're going to pay. Some people call it a stupid tax. <laughs> you're going to pay a stupid tax. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say you're going to pay a lazy tax. Lazy tax, a fear tax. There's a tax on anything tax, yeah. to standing still. Uh, you know, so yeah, entitlement. Now there's a proverb about that. It talks about laziness and talks about how you, oh, what yes. is, what is it? Uh, man, I can't think of it. Well, one of, of the head, proverbs says a man who hungry. loves sleep will come to poverty. Yes. And that's ugly. There's quite a number of them. There's there actually are. like 15 of those. Yeah, I don't like, like that part almost, of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of scriptures yeah. I don't like. <laughs> Pray for your enemies. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do with them. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, there's, yeah, it's so true. Now, I want to give, if it's okay with you, can I give four entitlement detectors? Yeah, go for it. So if you say, Matt, how do I know if I'm entitled? Right. How do I know if I'm entitled? Well, there's some detectors that that we kind of wrote out here that I think um, will kind of help you. The first one is when you say things like, I would have that if not for. Right. I would have that, whatever that is. I would have a new house if not for. I would have the corner office if not for it's immediately speaks to your entitlement as though you deserve to have whatever you want. And the truth is none of us deserve anything. It's been given to us by grace. Um, or it leads to an excuse of, you know, I would have what that person has, or I would have that. If, if I had more time, I had not day. been raised this certain way, oh, or I had not been taught to think this certain way. Yes. If had my dad this had not done happened this. to me. Yeah, of course. And you know what? Let me, I don't want to, I don't want to invalidate the trauma, the pain, the realities of people's upbringing. That's not what I want to do. Right. But at some point, I have to take complete ownership of that and not be a victim to that any longer. It is a victim mindset right. that will keep me in that. So another, uh, another detector of entitlement, you could say, I could have if. Another one, if not for whatever. This is a huge one. If they would have just done this. All of those are entitlement phrases. And entitlement's this idea that I deserve something that someone else has, or I deserve something uh, based on my upbringing. I deserve something. Well, some people would call it white privilege as a, a young white man as myself or getting close to middle age. I cannot believe I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, you know, middle age is so around kind 80, of played now. it loose with the word young there. Yeah, that's true. Very young, yeah. You know, and this is not a political thing, so we're not going to talk about the white privilege thing in sense of, you know, politics, but just in the sense of all of us have somewhat of an entitled nature. You know, you can you can always tell someone's entitled when they walk into the room and change the temperature setting when 20 other people in the room. Yep. That's entitlement. Uh, you can always see someone's entitled when they walk into the room and complain about the type of coffee that's provided when coffee has been provided. Yeah. That's entitlement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what about the creamer? Why do you not have flavored creamer? How about you go bring your own, <laughs> you entitled piece, right? I mean, it's, it's give me a break here, you know? Yeah. So, it, and by the way, you know why I know about these? Why? I live every one of them. <laughs> I have lived them. Like I, you were the person doing it or you've seen somebody do oh, it? Oh, no, no, I've done them. Oh. <laughs> I've been the guy that walks in and goes, does we not have regular half and half around here? <laughs> Never mind that 43 flavors of creamer have been provided. <laughs> but the one basic one that mm -hmm. I wanted, that's entitlement, man. Right. It's like, who, who, who are you yeah. to think that you can say 
the couch is not comfortable enough. You're not sitting on the floor. <laughs> and by the way, if you were sitting on the floor, you're not sitting on the dirt. Yeah, absolutely. It's entitlement. And so that, that here's, here's the great thing. And I'm glad you're, you're kind of bringing that up. And so the idea with the show or the podcast is that it's a mindset, right? A lot of the reason, all of this leads to the way that our mind works, the way it ticks, the way that we, we think, which plays into who we are as human beings. And so the, the whole goal of this podcast and the things that we want to get into, the conversations that we want to have, the, hopefully at some point the guests that we bring yeah, in to talk about, it's a mindset. We have to change the way that our mind works. We have to quiet the noise because this is all noise, right? At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's true. It's, 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 it's Fear noise. is noise. Excuses are noise. Right. Entitlement's it's noise. all of these things in our head that keep us blind to the first step. And the first step is what needs to be taken to get us moving in the right direction. And so we're, we're, we're constantly being distracted by the excuses, by the entitlement, by the fear. And so the whole purpose of this is to connect with the gifts that we have that we're supposed to be out sharing, that we're supposed to get out. And whether that is podcasting, whether that's that you want to write a book, whether that's that you want to, you want to be a painter, you want to be an artist of some sort of singing, playing an instrument, Whatever it is, you want to start a soup kitchen, you know, you have to start. And the way that you start is you quiet the noise. And that's the whole purpose of this, of this show is that we're going to help you start to quiet the noise to bring all that stuff down to a level where it stops being the first thing that you see and think about when you wake up oh, yes. and you start seeing what's right in front of you. And that's the first step. I love it. It's, I love it. It's going to be awesome. And so here's the other side of it is, is with those gifts, there there comes a bit of a burden, right? A bit of a burden, if, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, of course. With, Major with responsibility. Doing, right. And so there, there's weight. a burden to kind of get that thing out. And I, I like, um, was it um, Andy Stanley says that his father used to say he would listen to people speak and he would say, hey, that guy doesn't have a burden. Sure. You know, there was mm, just something mm. different about the way that he, that person would present themselves, whatever it was, but he would kind of pick out like that person lacks a burden. Yeah, of course. He doesn't have something that's driving him or driving her or driving that, that goal that they're trying to get to. And so the goal is to connect with that gift so that that burden kind of that's powerful. propels us forward and starts getting us moving. And so that's what we want to get into. That's what we really want to focus on. And so if you guys will stay with us, we will continue to get better at this. I promise we won't have as many rabbit holes that we'll, we'll, we'll chase down. But our goal is to add value to you. We are of no use if we are not adding value. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, guys, if you would, this is our very first podcast. So make sure you rate this. Uh, and, you know, definitely we prefer a five-star review on uh, on iTunes. <laughs> but, again, that's a little bit of entitlement <laughs> to assume that. Right. <laughs> it's also a little bit of fear, isn't it, yeah. that we won't get one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're not going to make any excuses about either. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyway, if you guys could help us out, share the podcast, make sure you do a review, write a review, uh, be honest about that. We, you know, a lack of honest feedback helps nobody. Right. So please make sure you do that as well. And uh, again, my name is Matt Wade and um, Juan Morales is the, I guess you would say the founder of this podcast, the brain behind it. I'm just the kind of, I'm the color commentator, <laughs> right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the color You're the hype comment. man. I'm the hype man. You're the yeah. hype man, yeah. Yeah, in other words, I'm the distraction. <laughs> I'm the distraction and probably really great content. So 
Anyway, guys, any any closing words, Juan? Uh, hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. If you will do me a favor, if I'm going to give my uh, my personal email out here. Is J-A, the number two, Morales, M-O-R-A-L-E-S, at yahoo.com. If you will do me a favor, if you have listened to this show, and immediately I'm hoping that some excuses have come to your mind, there's a goal, something that you are working toward, hey, shoot me an email. Let me know what those excuses were. Let me know what those entitlement factors may have been. What is it that you've been holding back? And yeah. what do you feel like you need from us? Yeah, and the, the email address will be in the show notes as well. So right below this, you can uh, get the email from the show notes. And uh, what we will do is also is, if you can see below this, is also a PDF handout of the fee. So the FEE, the three things we spoke about today, it'll make it a lot more concise. And so you can look for that as well. Well, hey, guys, thanks for taking a few minutes to spend with us. I think it was probably a little more than a few minutes, but thank you guys for joining us. This is the first one, and thank you for being a part of it. <laughs>